Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. This morning, we concluding the series on our kingdom culture. This is like the finale. But from here on, we take it into practice. I know we've been practicing all along, but we want to gear up. All right? So what we're talking about this morning is the kingdom of honor. That fan is blowing my knots. Uh, if you could kill it or switch it off or turn it to your left or to the right, but not towards me. Thank you. Yes, it's kingdom of honor. And one may say, what is honor? In our cultures, honor is seen in many different ways. All right? So let's look at the definition of honor before we go any further. It is to highly esteem another or to regard one with great respect. It is to esteem or highly esteem the other or to regard them with great respect. Let's just pray. In the name of Jesus, Father, we just first of all want to honor you for this time, honor you for each and everyone seated here, because we believe this is in honor of who you are. We believe this is in honor of what you have done. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So when you think about honor, especially when we direct the honor to the Lord, I see the words that I would use like glory, like splendor, I like supremacy, like praise, like worship. It always goes together, eh? praise and worship. Um, respect. And then when I think about it in earthly terms, you know what we do in our culture? When the king is seated over there and you're approaching the king, you go like this. And what is that? That is honor to the king. All right? We were singing earlier to say every knee will bow. And I saw one lady bowing, um, like the knee to the ground, right? That does not mean you did not honor the Lord. Because the Lord says he wants honor to come from within. So we will get into that. But there is a place to show honor, practically, to show honor, physically. Do we believe that? Do we understand? Do we agree? So it's not only the heart. Because your actions could be disrespectful, or your actions could be dishonoring. While in your heart you're saying, I really mean well. But unfortunately, some people don't discern hearts, and they don't discern thoughts. All they see is, you dishonored me. One of the other things in our culture is when I'm reprimanding a child, you don't look me in the eyes. And when you look at me, say, look at me when I'm talking to you. <laughs> so when you look me in the eyes, it's disrespectful. But when you look away, I say, pay attention. So there is confusion there. But with the Lord, how do we look to the Lord? With the eyes, when say look up to the heavens, look up to the Lord, 
Is it with the eyes? I will leave that one with you. So to honor is to admire or to look up to somebody. It's basically to appreciate or to show value of what you're looking up to. How do we honor the king if we talk about King Jesus, if we're talking about the Lord, the King of Kings? I just demonstrated on how we honor our earthly kings. But how do we honor the king? We read here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, and it says, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invincible, the only wise God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Some of the English people might be saying that's a wrong spelling of honor, so forgive us, English people. We're using American <laughs> spelling for that, but uh, read it as you would read it in English, all right? Like the other English. So the only wise God be honor. We're looking at the eternal king, and this is the king that, it, that was there, that is here now, and that is going to last forever and ever. And we're looking at the king that does not die. Does God die? Like some people have claimed to say God is dead. We're looking at the ever alive, the ever living king. And we're looking at the king that we cannot really see. Scripture challenges us to say, how can you honor how can you dishonor your brother? Or how can you honor those that you see and you don't honor me? So what he's saying is, can you honor me without seeing me? It is challenging us to look here. Like, do we believe the God whom we don't see? Do we believe whatever that we believe to say? You know, that's why we're here, because I believe all of us in God. And I believe the God that I'm talking about here is your God. That's what I want to believe. I can safely assume that. That's why you're listening to me. So if that is our belief, who is your God? And how do you honor your God? Who is your king and how do you honor your king? Honor is actually the atmosphere of heaven. Or it's the atmosphere of the kingdom. And what is a kingdom? There can never be a king without a kingdom. And there can never be a kingdom without a king. All right? And now this king we're talking about is the king of kings. And if we can give honor to our kings, earthly kings, how much more of the king of those kings? Think about when gifts are being poured out to the king. Like you have an invited guest that comes from Indonesia in your culture, and this king is being presented with the gifts. You know, it doesn't matter where you come from. The elders of that kingdom will take that person and say, this is how we do it. Because there's a certain way you should present your gift to the king. So you will be educated a little bit around how things happen in this kingdom. Why? Because they don't want you as an ambassador of the other kingdom to come and disrespect the other king. So if us are ambassadors of the kingdom of God, are we honoring his kingdom? And that can only come with a revelation of who the king is in our lives, in our personal lives. If we don't have that, we're going to do whatever we want. And somebody's going to look at you and say, I thought he was a Christian. I thought he believed in God because of what you say, because of what you do. Which means wherever he comes from, this is what you see and this is what you will find. His people are like that. 
Why? Because we become a collective. A collective because we have one king. And what we do, how we do, what we say represents the kingdom. All right. So, what we should also see here in Luke chapter 23, verse 2 and 5, um, it's talking about the story of Jesus before Pilate. What we saw that Jesus was bringing an emphasis that my kingdom is not a kingdom of this earth. So, in the end, if you fast track that story, the judge said, I don't find no fault in this person. Why? Because he understood that this person is no threat to my kingdom, to my rule. This person is of another kingdom. If he's a king somewhere, the king of the Jews, he's the king, but I'm the king here. So I find no fault. He has not committed treason. So they had to find another thing to charge Jesus with. Because treason couldn't hold. Because he, he said, yes, I'm a king. But my kingdom is not of this world. Therefore, me as a king of this world, I have no squabble with you. Because you're not here to fight against my kingdom. Some people argued and said, but... He's even stopping people from paying taxes. But Jesus said, give to Caesar what is due to Caesar. Therefore, he is for the kingdom. So he's not wrestling against my kingdom. Therefore, I find no fault in this man. So eventually, he was the judge of Jesus because he couldn't find fault. And one of the songs that always blesses my heart is the song that says, who is worthy to open up the scroll? And one of the lines that really talks to my heart is all of heaven's poles. That is the heavens and the earth. The whole created being, when Jesus steps on the throne, poles. And why does that happen? The king of kings is around. When creation happened, there was chaos. There was no order. And heaven posed and fell into order because the king of kings came on the shore. And how do we live our lives, our daily lives? What do we bring to the king? He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And what is that? That is a gift to the king. So when we give anything to the Lord, we can't give anything short of our best. If the kingdom of God is all about order and excellence, that means the only thing we can give into the kingdom of God or for God or to God is supposed to be the best. All right? You know this commandment that he had given to the Israelites about the first fruits, about the best, you know, the first children or the first sons. That was not because he just wanted to be given anything. And people, when, when, when we look at... Uh, uh, at the lives of the Israelites. Many people have defiled the order. And what has happened? God has brought a curse upon them because they had not followed what has happened. We see that today. That's why we have a judiciary system as well. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your harvest. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Then your bands will be filled 
That comes from honor. If you honor the, God, the, the Lord with your first fruit, with the best that you have, with your wealth, it doesn't matter in which way you do it. Some people come here and they serve, they clean chairs. And how are you cleaning the, sh- the chairs? Is because somebody says, I'm going to sign up to be a volunteer. How I do that is very important because I'm going to give the Lord my best. This chair is not going to, if I look back and I see a shred of dust, I'm going to go back and wipe it off. We are to give the Lord our best. Amen? So, in your employment, in your employer-employee work relationships, how do you give your duty to your employer? Luckily, this is guided by a job description and is guided by a performance appraisal system. So there's a reward or there's a carrot that is before you. But this is not new because scripture says, then your bonds will be filled. Then you're going to have double your salary. That's what we just took and put it into performance management. But the call is on honor. If you don't honor your employer, you're going to do shoddy work. I, when I started working, one of the guys, when he was leaving, he told me this, or he said this in his going away speech, that my job here was to make my boss look good. And when I thought about it, I was like, wow. So this guy was a slave to this guy. But then you realize that he doesn't get to sit in exco meetings or in board meetings, but his board does. And he doesn't go in the ground to dig the trenches. I do. So if I do, and there's a pipe bust or there's a pipe blockage, who is to blame? Is it the chief engineer or is it the owner of the company, the CEO of the company? Eventually, yes, because you're going to talk about NAM water, you're going to talk about NAM power, about NAM post. You know, you're not going to talk about the Godfrey's and the rest of the other people. So it's the CEO. So if we honor our duty, we're going to discharge, and the performance management system will kick in, and you get double the pay. So, honor the Lord with the best. Honor the Lord with your wealth, so that your bands may be full. And this honor, all this giving to the Lord, is talking about the substance of our earthly wealth. Right? And when you talk about substance, the scientists say things you can touch, things you can feel. Yeah? It's not just to say, I praise God, I give you my all. And what is your all? My all is my heart now, like my hands as I lift them, I'm giving you my mind, I'm giving you right now, but not my earthly wealth that I have accumulated. That means it's not my all. Because what is credited to me is my wife, is my children, is my house, is my car and my cows and everything else, and that is my all. So that is what we are to give to the Lord. And how we do that, we need the wisdom of the Lord. Amen? We read here also in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. This scripture comes, it's a story about Eli who was serving as a priest. Eli had children, sons, to be specific. And these sons were unruly. These sons were not listening. 
these sons were doing all despicable things as if they were not children of the priest. In fact, of the high priest. You know? When sacrifices were being given, they were cutting off the nice steaks. You know? From that sacrifice, the nice fattened part. And then they give the rest to the Lord. The previous scripture says, honor the Lord with the best. Give the Lord the best. So they're taking first the T-bones out. And then they give the ribs into the sacrifice. You know? They take the sirloin steaks and then they give the, the, the smileys to the Lord. Huh? So what happened? And they even goes to an extent of committing immoral stuff, sexual stuff with the ladies that were gatekeepers in the temple of the Lord. So the Lord rebuked and Eli came and spoke to his sons. These things you are doing is not good. You are discrediting me. You are discrediting our family. But they did not stop and he did not do anything after that first talk he had with his sons. Then the Lord sent a man to Eli, a man of God, and this is what he said. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promise that your house and the house of your fathers should go in and out in and out before me forever. This was the promise that was given to Eli, that Eli will serve me as a high priest. If we know the order of the old, the priest is the one that would come and present the sacrifices, or that will come and plead or speak on behalf of. So he was of our highest honor, you know, in the society. And then it continues to say, but now the Lord declares, Far be it from me. Now, this is coming from the Lord. Far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Lightly esteemed like, oh, it's you. Oh, you're there. You know, shall not be recognized. Do we honor God? For those who honors me, I will honor. The one thing about honor here is, honor allows you to partake of whatever that is bestowed upon that person or upon that office. If you're talking about Eli, Eli was a high priest. If you want your sins to be atoned, who do you go to? You go to Eli and say, Eli, I have sinned before the Lord and here is my God. For sacrifice, and I've picked the most fattened goat ne? for sacrifice. And Eli presents that to the Lord, and you are atoned. So if it wasn't for Eli, and the Lord will come right then, then you will die and go to hell. So Eli had a greatest honor before the Lord and before the people. Then here now the Lord is saying, I will not remember you. You know, I will not esteem you no more. You have, lost your you have lost your position as a priest. You have lost your position to represent the people. Is that what we want to do? As we go on serving the Lord and leading people to the Lord, dishonoring his kingdom, and those people that we're leading to the Lord, they are like, if he could do that, how about me? So there's a great honor because... 
The Bible says that we are kings and we are priests. As kings, we represent what kingdom? The kingdom of God. And as priests, what do we represent? We point people to Christ. All right? Paul says that follow me as I follow Christ. And I labor until I see Christ formed in you. So, we are priests. Do, who believes he's not a priest here? Okay, no hand got raised. That means everybody is a priest. That means as a priest, we are to present before the Lord those people that don't know Jesus. And as we present them, we plead for their forgiveness. When the Lord says, I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap, he's looking for a priest that will say, I will come before the Lord and plead on their behalf. And that is like the same order that we see in the Old Testament. That is the order that um, Eli had. So plainly speaking, our duty is to honor God. And for that plainly speaking, our reward is honor. Do we see the reward? I will honor those who honors me. And when we're talking about honor, we started by saying there's an outward expression of honor and there's an inward expression of honor. If one kneels before the Lord in praise, it's because of how they're reflecting the Lord to them. If one kneels in their heart, you know, like this thing with the children to say, you tell them to sit down and then they sit down in their heart and say, but I'm standing in my heart. You know, they're rebuking the instruction to say, but I'm standing. I know you want me to sit, but they sit with an attitude. And usually that gets parents very angry, that you must sit properly. Don't sit like that, because you can see that they are standing in their hearts. So honor is a heart issue. This is where the heart and your expression comes together. Because your heart, what the heart is full of, it comes out. What the heart is full of, it comes out. And when we're talking about partaking in the honor of that man that is appointed, this is what it is talking about. If my heart is full of who God is, the expression that God will express at any given point in time, like people say, what would Jesus do? That is what is going to come out ne? in our physical. Isaiah 29 verse 13 says, Therefore the Lord said, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is but rules taught by men. So this is a rebuke of some of us that come to church because I must be seen that I, ch I attend church every day. Ne? So if you come to church because your parents say so, this is what scripture is talking about. Because scripture is talking about what is in your heart as you go into church. I remember back in the days um, when I was trying to run away from the Lord or rather from the church because I didn't know the Lord then. Um, when I came to university, when I go on holiday, I would make sure that I pick my days rightly. If it's two weeks, I have to arrive on a Sunday afternoon so that Monday I go to the kettle post. And that is going to span over one weekend. That means I don't, go to, I don't get to go to church. And I come back on Thursday so that Friday I get a bus back to Venduk. 
So, and then I grew up in the church. Saturday and Sunday was church for me. My, my mom is a Seventh-day Adventist and my dad is Catholic. So I had this suit on a Saturday and the same suit on a Sunday. So it was like, don't get the suit dirty. So I ran away from church. And when my dad was in Vinduk visiting, I met you on Sunday morning. I get up early in the morning, go in the garden without slippers because you might be clean in your feet, like busy, busy, busy. And he will come and say, are we going to church? Okay, I'm finishing now. We are going. Then I honor my dad. We got together to church. But my heart is far from church. I'm like, what did he not see? I was busy. Nah, I had mad. So, but my heart, I was in church. I'm sure I sang the hymns, but my heart was not there. Same thing that happens here. Remember one of our pastors always said, praise the Lord. And then my heart is thinking about the turkey in the oven or the chicken in our context. Nah. Or in the slow cooker. Now they are slow cookers, so you can leave it and go to church. And you start wondering, did I put it on high or on low? <laughs> nah. So, my heart is not with the Lord. I'm thinking about something else. And this is what the Lord is saying. Don't give me your lips. Give me your heart. Because I can see through this presentation. Nah. I can see your heart is not with me. So when we speak to the Lord, when we approach the Lord, we want to connect with the Lord spirit to spirit because God is spirit. We want to connect the Lord with our heart, to the Lord with our hearts. Amen? So honor is not only an outward expression. And the Bible also talks about God loving a cheerful giver because cheer doesn't come in giving. Cheer comes from the heart that I'm glad I'm giving that I'm happy I'm giving, and I actually want to give more. Remember when they were building the, 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 or gathering materials for the temple, people had to be stopped to say, we've got enough. Because the people just wanted to give to make sure that this project does not fail. It's a hard issue. All right? So it's easy to honor God with our lips. And... If we miss this, this is the foundation of whatever we can bring before the Lord. Anything we can bring to the Lord comes from our hearts. If we can miss that, there is nothing that is going to be honorable to the Lord. Amen? And we, when we look at the Bible, the Bible is full of commandments in terms of honor that, honor that, honor that. So particularly we have a few that we're going to be looking at this morning. And we're looking at honoring our parents. And our parents, that means if I'm a child standing here and my father and my mother are still alive, it doesn't matter whether I'm 70 and she or he is 150. That doesn't matter. He remains my parent, right? Whether I like him or not, he's my parent, right? So, do we see people around us that dishonor their parents? Definitely, yes. And we also see people that honor their parents. So this is what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that your days may be long. So that your days may increase and that it may go well with you in the land that God has given you. This comes with the promise. So honoring to our parents comes with a promise. 
So not only do we look at honoring our parents, because it's a hard issue, and we know that the Lord has put these people before us, it doesn't matter whether they are, they are, they are unbelieving parents or not. It doesn't matter whether they went to school or not. Ne? I know we have gone to school and da-da-da, and I know we can now speak better English and so on, but it does not matter because they remain our parents. So scripture here, even for the sake of our being, if we can leave the part of like I'm honoring, if I honor them, my days will be long. If we can even look at the benefits that is supposed to spare us into treating our parents respectfully. So if you are 50 years in this house this morning, or if you are 10 years, we have uh, some youth, some on this side, my wife is still youthful, she still has uh, uh, her parents, and I know very well she honors her parents, and I like the way she honors her parents, and the way she honors my parents. I'm pleased because she didn't have, she didn't cross with my parents, she didn't cross with my mother, you know, she's a friend to my mother. So, honor is very, very key, and this is the only commandment, or one of the commandments that comes with the promise. So, what we're seeing nowadays in the media streams, that even the kidney movies, you know, the cartoons, the way these cartoons portray the responses to the parents is teaching our kids to disrespect their parents. No, you don't talk to me like that. Talk to the hand. But if gears were reversed to say talk to the hand, things obviously will not be well and that will bring a bigger wage between the child and the parent. So this is something that we are being taught. This is something that we are feeding on to say, you have your rights, you know, as a child. Speak up. The right does not say don't speak up, but the way you speak up to your parents is what is important, is what matters. We have had many testimonies or many people that have said, when I came to the Lord, like me now, I'm not a Catholic and I'm not an Adventist, and that because I got the blessing of my mother. My mother said, go and be in the church that believes in the Lord. When you're going, you don't have to be an Adventist. You don't have to be Catholic. Find the Lord. And I came to this house, and I worship here with my family. So there are some people, maybe around us or among us, that are struggling with where they are right now because their parents are not happy. Because they said, you are Catholic, you're going to stay Catholic. I didn't raise you to be anything else. And then we said, it doesn't matter what you are saying, because I know you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, so I am going to the church that is believing in God, that is believing in Jesus, that is believing in the Holy Spirit. Because I've never heard you mention the Holy Spirit, even in your prayers. And you don't end your prayers with the name of Jesus. You only say, Amen. So, as much as I could be speaking the truth, but the way I'm bringing it, and some of the things I must not even say, because who said you must always end in the name of Jesus? Because the Lord looks at the cry of your heart. Is what cry are you bringing out in desperation to the Lord to touch you? Because 
when he responds, he responds to my desperation, not so much to what I say. Because the Bible also says that he even knows before I even utter a word. So he knows what I need. So now we come and we brush this in the faces of our parents that took us to church. That's why we were able to find this church. You know, because there was some truth. Or they had allowed us, you know, to even go with the uncle when they were not going. Or to go with the aunt when they were not going. Because they have aided us to get to where we are. And irrespective, even if they didn't do that, like they were not there at all, how you speak to them becomes very important. There's a lot of scriptures there that you can ponder on, read. So you can respectfully disagree with the views from your parents. All right? Respectfully disagree. I watched this movie once. It was an army movie. I like army movies. This trooper stands before the, I don't know the rank, but let's say that highest rank on the field. Eh? And he comes and, and does his, his drills and stuff. And he says, requesting permission to speak to you freely, sir. And then he gets granted permission to say, speak. Then he speaks everything that was on his heart because he requested permission. And then me, who's granted permission, I must not be angry of what is coming out. I must not be like Eddie Amin that says that you can speak, you have the freedom, but freedom cannot be guaranteed after you have spoken. <laughs> so, if we are of the kingdom, and I've given permission to say, I want to listen to you, who is this Jesus that you have found that we have not found? Speak to them respectfully, that maybe in three years' time, they will want to know your Jesus. Do whatever that you need to do to respect them around the home. Don't say, I have Bible study, I have Connect now, so I can't do dishes at 7, because Connect is starting at 7. There are ways to go around the dishes. Honor your parents. We also see here... Uh, the second one we're looking at is honor spiritual leaders. In Acts chapter 23, verse 5, this is talking about when, when Paul was saying stuff about this priest and he didn't know that this person was a priest. Uh, he was sort of slandering the, <laughs> the guy. And then the people next to Paul, they pulled him on the side and said, Hey, don't you know that you are disrespecting the priest? And then he said, Wow, please forgive me. I did not realize that he was the high priest. For it is written, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. And we know who Paul is. Because at this point in time, Paul was already on the other side. He was no longer a Pharisee. So anybody that is a Pharisee or that is appointed according to that structure, that is appointed as a priest, must be honored. Because the Bible says, if a priest comes to you, what are you going to receive? It's nothing but what comes from the Lord, right? If a prophet comes to you, what are you going to receive? A prophecy. Or what else would you expect from a prophet? Other than a prophecy. So, that's what we mean by saying you partake from what this person is honored with. Or you partake with what this person is carrying. So, honor spiritual leaders. 
I want to read 1 Timothy, if you can pull that one up. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. It says here, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. This is not a crown on the elders or on the pastor's head to use against you or to manipulate you. They are worthy of double honor because where do they get their honor first? They are first honored by God to be in the position that they have in. And God has looked at certain things to qualify them because he says he does not call already the qualified. He calls the unqualified and he qualifies them. So he honors, he puts honor upon them. So what are we to do? We are to give that honor, that double honor. So this is sometimes some of the scriptures that are used to say, you must bring your whole salary here because, you know, the pastor must leave. Eh? Yeah, the, the pastor must have bread on the table. So it's one of the scriptures that are used, so I'm not going to go into that because the Lord looks into your heart. If you bring your own house to the Lord. Uh, he looks into your heart, so, and that's not what I'm preaching this morning. So, the underlying here is, honor your spiritual leaders. Honor the priest in the house. And honor state rulers. So many a times, these rulers, they make big mistakes, you know. Let's call them mistakes, because anybody can make a mistake. Né? Whether they said something... And then the media comes on them to say, how could you say that? Then they go back on their word. And then somebody says, no, he was right. Because he was not speaking to you class of people. He was speaking to that class of people. It doesn't matter. What matters is the Lord calls us to honor our state leaders. Romans 13 verse 2 says, Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Here again, I'll say respectfully disagree with what your leaders are saying. It does not say take everything and agree to everything that they are saying or that they are doing. So what we do is, there's one cartoon in the newspaper about a particular political leader, a minister, or the president himself. And then everybody is sending it around, making jokes about it, including the Christians, even on the Connect Group, uh, WhatsApp group, um, because that's the cartoon for the week. Think about, for example, the LEN conference. Think about the times that uh, uh, budgets are being presented. You know, all those cartoons, we send them around and say all these despicable, all these things that are not so nice about our leaders. The Bible rebukes us and says, honor your leaders. There was this funny cartoon about Trump, and, I, and this was a big group. I said, please don't send this, or else I'm going to exit this group. And nobody said anything, and nobody said anything. And I was like, what happened? about that cartoon. It just died. I deleted it from mine, my site. And then the other day I was saying, this WhatsApp also, when you delete from WhatsApp, it should delete also 
there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we are to honor our leaders. Honor marriage. And this is not only for the married people to honor marriage. Usually at marriage ceremonies, the pastor says um, that marriage was instituted by God. The same way as the Bible says that all authority that has been placed upon the leaders is placed upon those leaders, whether they are godly or not, whether they make godly decisions or not, that authority is put upon them from the Lord. So when it comes to marriage, this honor here is not only for the married people. The issue of the side chicks and stuff is not from the Lord. Because when the scripture here in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4, it says marriage should be honored by all. When it says it's by all, it means by me as a husband to a wife, and me also honoring the other marriage also. Ne? The other woman in that other marriage. That is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to honor that marriage. Therefore, I cannot go and start flirting with the wife of another man. And he also talks to those that are single, whether it's a man or a, or, a, or a woman, do not go and start to get very close to one of those husbands or one of those wives. Or start to speak in certain suggestive ways to one of those husbands or, or wives. Because when we do that, the Bible is saying we're dishonoring him and we're dishonoring what he has said and what he has instituted. Scripture continues to say, and the marriage bed must be kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So he's separating the sexually immoral and the adulterer. The adulterer is the one that is in that relationship. And it also leans on the sexually immoral. And those that are not in relationship, God will judge those. Amen? Honor one another in Christ. If there's anything you have to take from that last point is marriages must be honored by all. Can we repeat that? All. All means all. As we honor one another, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, it says, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? The son of man that you care for him, you made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. What is mankind that God is mindful of me? Nah, as I stand here. God has crowned me with glory and honor. Now, think about that person that doesn't know the Lord. Think about that drunkard on the side of the street. Are they not crowned with glory and honor? And when we dishonor them, what does that speak of the Lord that has crowned them? You're dishonoring the crown that is on them, that comes from the Lord. That means you're dishonoring the Lord. So when scripture says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves, is because we are to recognize that all men are created in the image of God. 
and every person there's a crown on their head, a crown of honor and a crown of glory. So how we look at them, we are to look at them with the eyes of the Lord. Because what is mankind that the Lord is mindful of them, that he has crowned them? What is this drunkard that the Lord is mindful of him, that he has crowned him with glory? Or what is with this parent of mine that doesn't seem to get the things of the Lord, that he's mindful of, that he has crowned them with his glory? So that's how we are to honor one another. As much as we honor the brothers in Christ, those ones that we call brothers not in Christ have the same crown that the brothers in Christ have. And the way we look at them, we see them with the same eyes that Jesus would say, I'm going to lay down my life for this. And if that is the attitude that we're going to get, we're going to be representing the kingdom of God very well. Amen? So as we're closing, there may be people among us here that have severed relationships with their parents, that are not in talking terms with their parents, even that are not in talking terms with their fellow brothers and sisters. The Lord is saying, let's honor them, let's honor those relationships. There may be people, as I mentioned earlier, that have dishonored our leaders, be it the spiritual leaders, be it the state leaders. What I want to do while you're seated, if you can, would you surrender yourself to the king by kneeling down? That is, if you can. If you're not, you can remain seated. I just want to ask that you reflect on anything or any relationship that has not been dishonoring to God. And as we're doing that, I want to invite the King of Kings to come. The King of Glory to come and touch your heart. The King of Glory to come and bend that away. The King of Glory to come and bring forgiveness. For Him to come and set you free. And when He's coming to set you free, He's giving you a new heart. A heart that is going to look at your parent with love, which is the love from the Father. A heart that is going to consider your political leaders with the love that is the love from the Father. He's going to give you a new heart that is going to look at another fellow and see the crown of God and see the, the crown of glory on their heads. While every head is bowed, Father, I pray this morning that where our relationships with our fellows has not been right, we welcome you in our hearts and we say, Father, forgive us. We want to come and say surrendering all. We want to come and tread all to you. For you said, I will take away the heart of stone and I'll give them the heart of flesh. And this is the heart that is perceptive to the words and the words of the Lord. So I pray this morning, Father God, that you'll come and you wash us. You will come and release us from the guilt of what we have said or what we have done that was dishonoring you. And we pray, come, Lord, fill us that we are able to see things the way you see them. We are able to see people the way 
you see people. And most importantly, Father, we pray that you as the King of Kings and as the Lord of Lords will give you the honor that is due to you. We will not treat you as just another friend, but we will treat you as the king that is deserving our worth, that is deserving our praise, that is deserving our worship, and that is deserving our very best and our all. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And all the people say, Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.